Well, we have been telling you for some time on this program the future of farming in Whatcom County, in particular, the Nooksack Basin, has heavy, dark clouds hanging over it. With a state plan to effectively sue all water users in the basin, not just farmers, everybody, the cities, well owners, everybody, they have to come and, and defend their right to use water in the Nooksack Basin. And what will this do in particular? Of course, this is the farming show. So what will this do to farming? And that's what we've been sounding the uh, alarm about here, like I said, for months now. Uh, this process called adjudication that the state wants. Um, we've been telling people that, you know, you take away farmers consistent or reliable um, certain access to water and they won't be able to farm they'll lose their land value likely they'll be forced into a position in many many cases to sell out to development that is the last thing that fish need that our community needs and certainly that farming needs here in Whatcom County welcome back to the farming show I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI joining me right now is the CEO of the Washington uh, State Farm Bureau John Stillmiller welcome to the program John and and you've been following this issue very closely and you have some important history on this kind of thing this is what they're proposing in here in Whatcom County and in the Nooksack Basin this isn't the first time the state has done this and the last time they did it which was in Yakima was incredibly ugly and it it divided that community it caused a huge amount of strife and ultimately, it wasn't the thing that solved their water issues there. Thanks for being here this morning. And explain, you've been dealing with these water issues and, and farming for a long, long time. Great great to be with you, Dylan. And, and uh, this, this subject is indeed near and dear to my heart. It's uh, uh, since 1985, I've been working water policy issues in Washington. And you are right. You flagged the... Uh, the last major adjudication the state engaged in began in 1977, and it's called the Aqua Valley case. It's the Yakima Basin adjudication. And that began in 1977, and a brief 42 years later, it was completed. <laughs> just 42 just years. <laughs> yes. And Longer than I've been alive. <laughs> yeah. And there's very few attorneys that made it through the whole process, right? The whole career was spent uh, working on this and then you retire before it was it was done for most of them. Unreal. Uh, so so one thing that might be helpful is to step back for a second and talk about what an adjudication is because yeah. actually in in the, in the briefest sense an adjudication is the is the is a water right holder's best friend. But mm -hmm. when it's done on a basin-wide basis with other political issues involved, it becomes a dangerous tool. So with, with many, many adjudications were done across the years uh, by the state, and it was, you know, on this reach of Badger Creek or whatever, and it's so the seven, eight users on that, and, and uh, there was a dispute related to who had what amount of water, right? And so little, little mini adjudications, as, you, as I like to call them, mm -hmm. those are just absolutely fine. It helps settle out so that everybody knows how to use it on, on that stretch, you know, a, a single reach or a, a small portion of a stream. The big adjudications have not always been very successful, and especially when we look at um, the Yakima Basin, it was all kinds of mixed uses, and it only ever dealt with 
surface water. That's the other very important thing. So now, so so with with the context that adjudication can be a good tool. Now let's move to the to the Nooksack in particular. So in the case of the Nooksack, there's so much clouding the system there, and this would very likely be surface and groundwater adjudication, which would be the first time the state's engaged in that on this scale. And and the problem in um, Washington County in the Nooksack Basin is there's there's been doubt cast on rights through the years for all kinds of different reasons. So when you think about, about the Nooksack, so, so with a lot of use change, it was predominantly dairy and that moved a lot to, to berries now. Mm-hmm. And, and there's uh, a big water right by a, a PUD up there and there's this and that and the other thing. And, and so it's a complex base. And, and then there are these new things, um, you know, with treaties being interpreted differently, the treaty rights, uh, water rights for tribes. Um, and how does it all stack up when you have um, exempt well use and when you have, which, which is simply um, small uses or unlimited for stock water. But when you use, when, when you're relying on groundwater and you did not need that permit and, and uh, originally through the, the, through the department. So right. all of the clouding the basin there, plus advice given through the years by ecology itself that said, don't worry about doing certain things hmm. such as filing claims which was done back in 1967. There was a claims registration act. When that came in, that clouded things even more because because mm. old originally people just put out a stake basically with a, a uh, you know a, a note on it that said I claim 20 gallons of water from this stream or whatever <laughs> for certain water. Yeah, yeah. And groundwater, you didn't even have to stake the claim. You just you put a house in and you put a well and you know whatever. Well, in 67, 1967, the state said, okay, well, we're going to make everybody register those claims, those right. non-pet things. And and ecology, it was very confusing. Uh, ecology actually gave advice in, in the Nooksack and, and, and other areas and said, don't worry about it. You'll be just fine. You don't need to do that. And so a lot of people didn't file. Well, then comes an adjudication and you didn't file. That means you got potentially an invalid right. And so that's where a lot of this, um, quote unquote, undocumented water use comes from. I, I know that that's an accusation. A lot of oh, all these farmers are using water illegally. Well, that's the real story of how that happened. Yes. And so 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 and I like I like that use of that word undocumented water. I kind of it's a little play on words like with the uh, 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 immigration laws and, yeah. and labor. Um, well, and it is, I think, really accurate here from what you're describing. It, you know, pe- people would want to call it illegal, but it, you know, it would have been le- illegal. Uh, the state just suggested people do the, basically the wrong thing. That's exactly right. And, and unfortunately, as time goes by, you know, people die, move away, whatever. And so that record, when, when an ecology, a high-ranking ecology official comes out and says, don't sweat it, we got your back on this. And then no longer exists. Hmm. You know, it's just it's um, kind of like the handshake deal. Well, there's no proof of that. There's no permanent imprint on my hand that your hand touched that and said <laughs> yes, free, right? Right. <laughs> um, so that's the risk when you go into an adjudication. It is an inflexible tool. The court looks and says, "What do you have? Demonstrate to me." So, Dylan, demonstrate to me your use of ten cubic feet per second 
from, you know, Stream X. And you say, well, great grandpa, you know, <laughs> baked it and, you know, yeah. whatever. And I didn't know. I did, And then I would ask, the judge would ask, did you, uh, it's not quite done this simply, but, but for illustrative purposes, right. did you, did you file a claim in 1967 during the Claims Registration Act? Did you file it before um, the end of that registration period in 1974? And you would say, well, no, because, you know, this guy came by and told grandpa, don't worry about it. And so he didn't worry about it, but said we'd be fine. Oh, that's, that's great. But, you know, the law said you had to file it. You didn't file it. So therefore, you're in that status of probably you would be in a status of you failed to, to meet the registration, the Claims Act. And so you have no right yet extinguished in that period. Or, or you had other uses and you transferred from this crop to that crop. Maybe you sold, you know, dairy sold to, 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 to berries or whatever. Mm-hmm. And a transfer was made, but you were maybe advised, well, don't, don't sweat it. It's, yeah, it was year round and now it's not year round, but don't worry about it. It'll be okay. Or, you know, just, just, just look the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of that, that kind of activity that happened without certainty of paper changing hands um, and as every year goes by, it's much more difficult to, to track that back. So the adjudication court is going to be very firm. They're going to say the law says since 1917, you need for surface water, you must have a permit from ecology. Since 1945, you have to have a permit from ecology for groundwater. And since 67, well, not since 67, but mm-hmm. in that time frame, you had to file your, your, you had to register your claim that was done before those two other dates. If you didn't do it, you're in violation of law, and I can't affirm that right. And so you're out of luck in an adjudication. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, do you the have judge, a seat at the table to even for. argue for anything? So an adjudication, in a sense, yes, but you would have to defend. You would have to have a you know a solid legal reason, not just I'll go broke if I don't have this water. That that <laughs> right. isn't that isn't what's going to save you. Not not when they're looking at the law because it's it, it is an unforgiving law. It. It's the statute in it, and the statute has been this way since then. And so that's the risk when you have a basin that has, you know, the numbers vary, but a, a large share of that undocumented or or not matching up with those three statutes and other, other things that have come through the years, too. Um, so what, what do you do when it's in that gray area? Court is not going to help you. Yeah, and, and when you look at it, it's like okay, we're trying to conserve our water resources, and these wells uh, and and different uh, withdrawals of water, you know, even in that undocumented category, have been used in a lot of cases since what you know the '40s or before. They've been around for a long time. So, are we using that much more water now than we were back then? Well, you know that. that not necessarily at all, even though some people are trying to spin it, that perception out of this this ugly circumstance, which has been in large part created by the Washington State Department of Ecology. We're talking with John Stillmiller right now. He's the CEO of the Washington Farm Bureau. He's been involved in water issues for a long time. He's very concerned about the state's plan uh, to, quote unquote, adjudicate uh, water rights and water access here in the Nooksack Basin in Whatcom County. This certainly has implications in the future statewide, I would imagine, as well. Let's go back to what you were saying earlier, though, John. Um, you were talking about, you know, the difference in basically the scope and, and scale of adjudications where an adjudication in the right circumstance can be a good thing for water users to get things clear 
cleared up. But in the case of Whatcom County with a huge basin-wide plan with a huge mess of issues, a lot of politics, et cetera, it's, it's a bad thing. Is that maybe where this misperception is coming from? Um, we're hearing it a lot. Like, come on, farmers, like, just do this adjudication. This is what, what we have to do. Why are you so worried about it? Um, look, look at, and, and I think there's some revisionist history going on. Look at uh, Yakima will be the argument. They did it there, and, and that solved their issues. It, it, but that's not really true at all, is it? That's right. And in fact, what really saved the day, if you will, in the Yakima Basin situation was the integrated plan where um, tribes and, and the big irrigation districts and all came together and they developed a, a plan that's that satisfied environmental concerns and and uh, flow concerns and a whole bunch of there's like seven or whatever. I've forgotten seven or nine issues that it that it tackled. And it was a collaborative plan developed that fit within the framework of what was going on during the adjudication. You know, during those 42 years, this happened in, I'm trying to remember what year they began it, but it was in the uh, 90s, I think. I'm trying mm -hmm. to remember exactly when. But, but sometime after the you know, start of the 77 adjudication, they said, we've we got to face face the, the music here and so mm -hmm. so they they uh dealt with it and they came with a collaborative plan which is much more appropriate in the scenario of whatcom county uh nooksack basin in particular where you've got this clouded title if you will mm -hmm. um and, and it's better to work that out in a um whatever you want to call it a collaborative fashion i right. guess instead of the courts the court's not collaborating with anybody the court's saying yes, no, yes, no, mm -hmm. and then can figure out, you know, from there, maybe there's some grace, whatever that can be granted, but I, I, I don't know how they could because yeah. the law is so clear. Right? Well, and, and our legal system, if you do something in court and it starts and finishes in court like that, our system is an adversarial process for anybody who's been in court. That's the way it works. And, you know, you have the, the sides, they argue for as much as they get, a judge makes a decision and that's that. So it's not one of saying, okay, well, I have this and you have that, but really you need this and I need this. So how about let's, uh, you know, make a compromise here. Our court system does not work that way. Yet those are the kinds of solutions that we will have to have to make anything work here in, in the Nooksack Basin. Absolutely. So, so a collaborative model is a way better approach, but especially, I should say not, but especially because when you, when you look at what's changed is it's, it's um, philosophical in nature and it is political in that, you know, environmental concerns have been raised above when we started settling the state uh, with, with agriculture, putting it, bringing in ag, uh, you know, you put the water to use to grow food to feed the, the hungry population. Well, there's concerns by many that, that the environment has to be protected, maybe even more so than, than agriculture. And so when you have those conflicting political desires that weighs into the process and and we raise you know there's these new if you will not claims is not the right word in the sense of a of a you know water rec claim but but there's there's argument that that we need to protect these other issues in stream flows etc and so you you throw that into the mix and it's newer newer um, ideas with older water uses and and it, and it just makes for a mess for a judge to try to figure out how bad did it get in Yakima? I understand there were brutal meetings, intense, ugly community division with that process. 
Yeah, as it went, you know, so there were so there were the big um, there were several major irrigation districts that were at play, which is made up of a bunch of you know smaller farmers, obviously. So you had the big districts, and then you had individuals who were represented by themselves through this. And imagine forty-two years of trying to you know protect your water as an individual farmer. Mm. You know, if you weren't in the district, if you didn't have the luxury of being in a district, it was an expensive process and very hard, and it was. Well, it was it, it lasted forever, you know, forty two years, a lifetime, <laughs> of, at least a, a working lifetime, right? And um, and a long long time to go without any certainty that you might be able to still do later what you hmm. have been doing historically. Yeah, so and, it, it and what, that, that's a, a big part of the problem that we're trying to call attention to. It's it's not just the fear that at the end of the process, farms may or may not have the water that they need to grow their crops. It's the uncertainty that in the meantime leaves them making tough decisions like, well, do I want to continue if I don't know if I'm going to have water? Will the banks finance me? I talked with Jay Gordon with the State Dairy Federation about that uh, recently here on the program. You know, it's going to be tough it, once an adjudication starts and then for the decades that it will likely take it's going to be tough for people to get financing even to continue farming no question about it if you've got one of those clouded water uses you know no clear paper that says you have the right to you know 10 cfs etc you know if, if if it's kind of the the unclear one undocumented or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um, no bank is going to loan you money you're, you're currently operating and they're going to say you know get it yourself because because we don't know this could be settled next year the, the case could be the next year you won't have water at all you know so how can we give you any money now when we know it's a bad risk it's a scary so, scary uh, thing for farms that you know, with times being as difficult as they have been, rely on banks to help them get through, uh, rely on financing. It's, you know, a necessary evil in this day and age, particularly in agriculture. And I think people in a lot of other areas of business feel that as well. And imagine that, imagine the bank saying, well, we don't even know if your land is worth, you know, a fraction of what it has been because, you know, unirrigated farmlands value is is tiny compared to irrigated farm it, it just doesn't even compare that's right and and operating loans are a fact of life for for almost everybody and and that's the greatest capital risk you know it's not you're not going to be buying ground that's not what we're talking about here it's that operating loan that's a significant um uh, tra- uh transaction every year that the yep. producer goes out and says i need you know need $100,000 to operate the farm and then I'll pay you back at the end of the year when my paycheck comes in when I sell. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's, yeah, that's the great risk. And and all of that uncertainty, just ag doesn't need any more uncertainty. We already have to deal with weather and mm-hmm. with crop prices and, you know, on it goes. And so the last thing needed is that additional burden of, yeah. of risk. Well, and we believe it's not bluster. It's not exaggeration here in Whatcom County that, that just that uncertainty, not even losing water potentially at the end of the process, but that uncertainty will begin the exodus of farmers for, from Whatcom County like we haven't seen yet and a conversion of a lot of farmland to uh, urban development and pavement. And that is uh, the biggest risk for our environment if that's what we're truly concerned about. We're out of time with John Stillmiller here on The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop. John Stillmiller has been our guest. He is the CEO of the Washington Farm Bureau. John, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. And and thank you folks for the advocacy and the work that you're doing on this issue to try to protect and preserve farming here in Whatcom County and across the state. Thanks, Dylan. Pleasure to be with you.